Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Business Writers Radio. Brought to you by Business Writers Exchange. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Business Writers Radio. Stone Payton and Ryan Redhawk McPherson in the studio with you. And we have on the line with us someone I have been so looking forward to visiting with. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Mr. Shep Hyken. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I can hear the applause. (laughs) Fantastic. So it's our understanding that uh, you have a thing or two to say about customer service and customer experience. What in the world compelled you to focus on, on these topics? Well, you know, I've been doing this since 1983, which is probably uh, longer than a lot of people are old uh, here at this point. But what's cool about it is that when I decided to become a professional speaker, I saw a couple of motivational speakers. I said, I can do that. I had a background in entertaining in nightclubs and hotels. And growing up, I'd done magic shows for birthday parties. And so I I did not have a job out of college. Actually, I was working for a company that sold. And when I saw these motivational speakers, I said, I can do that. And then as I started researching business topics, I landed on the whole concept of customer service. And this was really before customer service was even a popular term and really in vogue. There were very few companies totally focused on it. Uh, IBM was one of them uh, back then. They were probably the front runner to it all. And uh, I said, you know what? I love this topic because this is what I believe in. From the time I did magic shows, even as a kid, 12, 13, 14 years old, uh, for birthday parties, I would write thank you notes, call the parents up, thank them. And I tried to give them the best experience I could. Working in retail as I was in high school and college uh, for jobs, I always made sure that I was doing things that were customer-focused. Um, one night, uh, actually one day, it was dark, it was early, early in the morning, uh, I was working at the gas station. Uh, I had to get there about 5 a.m. A lady pulled up, an elderly woman who was probably in her 80s, and it was the coldest day of the year that year, and I ran out to pump her gas for her. It was a self-serve gas station. My manager asked me why I did that, <laughs> and I said, it's because she, you know, it was the right thing to do. That's, that's why I did it, and, and to me, that's customer service. So I've, it's been in my blood. And that's why I love it. And I'm passionate about it. You're a published author, a best-selling author. Which came first for you, the, the writing work or the speaking? It was the speaking work. And uh, I, as I mentioned, I started, it took about five years before I started working on my first book. And uh, I've now, I have 10 books, five are, are authored by myself and five are co-authored. I've got another one coming up, uh, should be out sometime next year. So do you have a structured approach? Is there the Shep Hyken methodology for writing the Shep Hyken books? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's a structured approach. I think that uh, so much, I, I'm doing a lot more writing on my own as far as articles. And when I reach a certain point where I feel like I've been writing a lot about things I haven't written in a book, then it's time to think about uh, the uh, the new book. Um, I recently... Uh, the, the book I'm working on right now is kind of fun. And as you know, every book I am focusing on is on customer service and experience. The last book was called Amaze Every Customer Every Time. 
and and my whole mantra in my office and in my business is to be amazing. We want to be amazing for the people that work here. We want to be amazing for our clients. And we want to teach our clients how to be amazing for their customers and clients and, and guests. So one day, and this is kind of a funny story, one day a uh, one of my employees was showing up late, and it was chronic. I was, and, I, and after about the third or fourth discussion with her, I said, you know, this is a real problem. What is our mantra here at Shepherd Presentations? And she said, to always be amazing. And I said, do you think that showing up late every day is amazing? And she said, no. And I said, exactly. So let me just give it to you straight. Be amazing or go home. <laughs> and she looked at me and then she smiled and she goes, now that is a great title for a book. <laughs> and so that is the new book, Be Amazing or Go Home. And it's all about different habits that amazing people have and do right by their customers as well as the, the people they work with. I absolutely love it. The work itself, is it hard to sell? Does your phone ring a lot or do you go out there and kind of uh, stir up interest in, in this kind of work? Well, I, I think that the topic of customer service is very hot. It's been hot really for a long, long time. I think it becomes more and more important today is is there are companies that are claiming they give great service, and when they do, they raise the bar for everyone else. Does that get my phone to ring? Sure. I have a lot of competition in what I do. There's a lot of people out there that might be able to deliver a speech, or, or we have trainers that work with us to go out and deliver my content in a, in a deeper format, like a full-day training program or whatever. But I think what happens... For me, it used to be, you know, yeah, we had to shake the trees, uh, and that meant picking up the phone and smiling and dialing and saying, hey, uh, I understand uh, you probably have a meeting. Uh, how does the topic of customer service fit into that? And hopefully sell myself into a meeting. Well, today, you know, through my writing, uh, and again, I, I write a lot of books, but I write a lot of articles. Uh, every week I'm published somewhere. I have a weekly column in Forbes, as well as uh, a number of other publications pick up my work. And I think that helps create credibility. And I love the topic. And you would think that after over 500 articles, I would have run out of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing what happens. And I just see it. And it, and it just comes up. And I say, oh, you know what, that would make a great article. And uh, if I can get 50 words out of it, I can get 500. <laughs> So when you're writing a book, do you have a tendency to write it in sequence or do you just write it as it comes and then reorganize it as you go? That's a great question. I wish I could tell you there was a definitive answer to that. But I think what happens is I first get excited about a concept for the book and then I start to lay out what I would call more of an outline. Now, that is just a, a starting point because typically once I start getting into the book, things change and dramatically and probably for the better. Um, and as, as it starts to morph into something that's, you know, uh, a good readable book that makes a lot of sense and has a good order to it. And I, by the way, I don't knock these out quickly. I mean, I've been working on this last one, even though I had all of the ideas, the habits, if you will. Um, it's just been, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work an hour or two here and there, and it, it could take me, you know, four or five months to get this book finished. And if I wanted to work on it really hard, I could probably knock it out in a couple of months. But that's a lot of work, a lot of brain power. 
and I really have to devote the right time to it. You know, at the end of the day, everybody has a book inside of them. They don't realize it. And I've learned that, you know, I, I jokingly said, if I could, if you give me, if I can get a topic and do 50 words on it, I can probably get 500. And I think that once somebody has a passion for what they do and they become interested in it and they want to do research in it, they start to not just regurgitate somebody else's material, but they begin to form their own opinions on that material. And that's what we write about. Do you find that sitting down and committing ideas to paper really crystallizes your own thinking on a topic and even helps you in your consulting and speaking? No doubt, because if I look at a topic and I start to write about it and I, I get excited about it, I just go deeper and deeper. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert in artificial intelligence, but lately I've been learning about how artificial intelligence feeds into a better customer experience and even creates, in some cases, better customer service. And I thought, wow, I never would have thought that. And now I've been attending conferences, reading articles. And uh, this is the third interview today that I've done where I've mentioned artificial intelligence and customer service. So uh, that's kind of how it happens. I get excited about something and I learn. Uh, I read dozens of articles, not just every week, but sometimes I'll read 10, 12, 15 articles in a day because that's what I do. I have to learn. I have to stay on top of it. Uh, and many times, I force myself to comment at the end of the article where it asks for a comment. I want to say, okay, this is what I learned from this author. And I thank the author and I make a comment. And what that does is it just does something to my brain. Uh, it, it makes it more memorable, uh, triggers a deeper response that allows me to you know, think about it even at a deeper level. So I'm a business owner myself, or I own a, a piece of the Business Radio X network, and I know that I would benefit from reading all of your books. What I don't have a real good handle on, and I would really like some direction on, what is the best way to use your book or any book to help develop my team? Sure. So let's just look at the last book that I wrote. It's called, as I mentioned, Amaze every customer every time. The subtitle is 52 Tools to Create the Most Amazing Customer Service on the Planet. Now, what I've done in every one of my books is at the end of each chapter, I write, here are the main takeaways. So I almost want to take a whole chapter and say, could I tweet one line about the chapter, 140 characters or less? Sometimes it takes two or three tweets to capture the essence of a chapter. But here's the thing. I love to teach by story, so I will set up a concept and tell a little story as an example. So how do you use that for the team? Well, on this last book that I wrote, and actually the last uh, several books that I wrote, I include not just the takeaways at the end, but how you use that in the discussion. Literally, for this particular book I just did, every tool, and there's 52 ideas, asks, think back on a time that this happened. How would you use this tool or this idea to make the experience better, help the customer, answer the customer's question or complaint? So really, it's a, it's a book to be used, not just to be read. So whenever I write a book, I think to myself, how can somebody actually use the material? And can I lay it out in such a way that makes it easy? We have clients, if you think about 52, there's a magic to number 52. It's, 
It's not how many cards are in a deck of cards. It's how many <laughs> weeks there are in a year. Okay. So, but if you wanted to take a deck of cards and on the back of each card, write the numbers one through 52 and then shuffle up the cards and cut. And you see there might be number 34. Well, that would be your prompt to go to the 34th uh, tool or, or concept in the book and share that with the team and say, hey, everybody, I want you to think about how you would use this next week on our Monday morning meeting. I want you to have the answer. And then they come back with an answer. You have a short five, ten-minute discussion, and then you cut to the next card, which might be number, you know, 43. 45. It doesn't matter. It could be number two. But you do that, and at the end of 52 weeks, uh, you're down to the last card on the 52nd week. Guess what? You take that deck back, shuffle it up, and redo it. That is a fantastic idea. I love the applied learning, and I love the fact that it doesn't necessarily just go from one to two to two to three. That I, I like that a lot. As an author, as, an, as a speaker, some advice for aspiring authors, your perspective on self-publishing versus going the traditional publishing route. Sure. Now, I mean, and I've done pretty much everything as far as that goes. My first books were self-published. Uh, then we had, uh, I think one of my uh, books, Griffin Publishing, uh, and they used to do all the work for the U.S. Olympics. And they actually, with uh, some other authors, wrote a book uh, called The Winning Spirit, where we each participated and took our concepts, how you took sports as a metaphor to apply to our concepts, which was a lot of fun. I called it gold medal customer service. But uh, I've gone with uh, Wiley, one of the largest uh, publishers in the world. I've gone with Greenleaf, which is considered a, a middle publisher, uh, if you will, a hybrid. So today, it's so easy to get a book published. You don't need to have a major publisher to, you know, to do it. Now, if you are somebody who's noteworthy, recognized uh, for what they do, the publisher may want your book. And guess what? The publisher doesn't sell books. The publisher prints books and distributes books. That's what the publisher does. The author has to sell the books. The author with a mainstream publisher gets a royalty. Sometimes they get an advance against that royalty. So let's say uh, the publisher says, I'm going to pay you $50,000 to write this book. If your royalty is, say, you know, 15, 20% of whatever they sell the book for, and by the way, that's not retail, that's a wholesale price. Let's say your book's $25 and they sell it for 10. You make $2 a book. Well, you do the math. You got to sell a lot of books <laughs> to earn out that advance of $50,000. But that's how the publishing business works. Now, if you self-publish, by the way, write a book. You can go to CreateSpace on Amazon. They will help you get it edited. They will help you create a beautiful cover, and they will you will upload it. And if you want to sell it as an ebook, well, that's easy. If you want to sell it as a regular, you know, published book that you might see at a major bookstore, CreateSpace will do what's called print-on-demand. So anytime somebody orders a book, that book is printed. The nice thing is, is you can buy those books at, at sometimes 70%, as the author, 70% off. So you can buy, uh, you can buy 50 books or 100 books and then go out and sell them if you're doing a speech at the back of the room or have them available to give away to clients. It's so easy to self-publish today. And if you sell a lot of books, whether it's self-published or mainstream published, 
guess what? You get to be on the bestseller list. And it's just a matter of selling a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me check. Doesn't that sound easy? How do you get yeah. a bestseller? <laughs> sell a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> that is great advice, Jeff. Let me check an assumption, though, and, and, and have you respond as candidly as you're, as you're willing, because I get the idea that you really could, if you put good work out there, not necessarily get rich on the book, but it could serve the rest of your efforts really well, and you could still build a very strong business around one or more books. Oh, sure. Here's the thing about the book. Sure, you can make some money on the book. And if you self-publish the book and you sell the same number of copies as you would if, if you had a mainstream publisher, you're going to make a lot more money on the book. So you can make money on the book, but really, typically, the book for people who are in my line of business, who are, you know, some of us are speakers, consultants, uh, experts, it's your best brochure. It's your best business card. You give that book to somebody, that's credibility. It tells that person what you do. They go home, they read it, they like it, they call you up, they want to engage you. If, if you're a consultant for a consulting project, or as I mentioned, I'm a speaker, uh, so I'm asked to go speak at conferences all over the world. And those books are some of the credibility that gets me there. Well, the next time you come through Atlanta, I definitely want to get you in the studio, and we want to really dive into your work. We don't have time to do that in today's segment, but I would like, before we wrap, to do two things. In just a moment, I want to make sure that our listeners know how to get in touch with someone on your team and where they can get their hands on your books. But I'd also like, if, if you would, maybe you could leave our aspiring authors with a piece of advice or two about getting out there with their work and getting it in a book. Sure. Sure. Well, first, the answer to the first question, you can reach me at hyken.com, H-Y-K-E-N.com. That's my website. Learn all about what we do. If you want to buy a book, probably easiest to buy it through Amazon. I mean, if you want, to, want me to sign it, I'm happy to do so and always honored and flattered when somebody wants that. Then you can buy the book through us. But otherwise, Amazon uh, is an easy place to get them. The last thoughts I have as far as aspiring authors, first of all, it's, it, it, it's when's the best time to write a book? The same question, when's the best time to plant that tree, or that <laughs> oak tree? <laughs> it's either today or 20 years ago. It's like, it's like it's time to do it. And if you're going to think about writing a book, stop thinking and start doing. Uh, start by just saying, okay, this is a great concept. Now let me come up with maybe a dozen topics related to that concept. Now you have your chapter outline. And start looking for stories and examples to support that. And there you've got your start. Uh, it's really great if you can incorporate some research. And today with the Internet, easier than ever to get that research. Make sure you properly quote and note where that's coming from. By the way, people say, but if you're using other people's research, then it just looks like you're regurgitating somebody else's information. I totally disagree. If you've got opinion based on that research, you're not just showing that you've got an opinion, but you're showing that you're studying and that you're a learned person uh, who's actually writing out uh, this information in a, in a book. So I guess it's like, it's like Nike says, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Shep Hyken, it has been an absolute delight having you join us this afternoon. I'm quite sincere. When you come through Atlanta, 
I'll buy the grits if you'll come hang with us in the studio some. Thank you so much for today. Hey, man, I'm looking forward, and if it's, especially if it's cheese grits. <laughs> you got it, man. Looking forward to that, and thank you again. All right. Thank you, Stone. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Red Hawk McPherson and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Business Writers Radio. Business Writers Radio is brought to you by Business Writers Exchange. To learn more about developing a successful book and building your business around it, visit business-writers-exchange.com.